Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 320 Club podcast. Why is it called the 320 Club? Well, 420 was already taken, and happy hour is happening somewhere else. Okay, so we know that the 3M, the company, 3M, uh, we know that that news is about a week and a half old now. However, Whiskey had some good insight into what was really going on from a business perspective. I started off the episode a little angry, but we progressed and took the discussion from there and delved into the topic of fear under the current circumstances and how emotional thinking can lead to self-fulfilling prophecy. This episode is, in my opinion, one of our best episodes recorded with just me and Whiskey, even if much of it was at my own expense. With this learning experience in mind and up front, I hope you enjoy the show. All right. How are you? How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Oh, I'm a little little mad, a little bitter maybe, but uh, I'll get over it, I'm sure. So... It showed up in the news uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday being the 3rd of March, Friday. Uh, Trump prohibits 3M from being able to ship across the border to Canada. Uh, basically wants to stop face masks from being uh, shipped across borders. Not just Canada, but also towards uh, Southern America as well. And, <clears throat> I, you know, I... I didn't really think much of the guy. I didn't really give a shit about him. I just thought of him as a another rich white asshole who is running shit down south, and uh, he's doing a very poor job of it, but it really didn't impact me. And maybe I'm an asshole for thinking that because it certainly impacted a lot of other people um, over the last four years. Um, call that the selfish prick in me, but... Now it's it's gotten a little personal because I've mentioned before on the podcast that my mother's a nurse, um, your wife's a nurse. And uh, and I think I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure even on the last episode we recorded with Jin and Cognac that uh, that uh, they both uh, share. Um, they, they both have nurses in their families as well. So like. It's very personal to me when you're denying something um, that could protect my mother from getting sick and getting ill. Um, and it also could have an effect on the patients that she's trying to serve as well. Okay, so I have some questions for you then. Okay. What What is uh, an N95 mask? Uh, it's a mask that has a certain, uh, like, isn't it supposed to be able to protect like 95% <laughs> of particles getting in? Or is it something uh, protecting you from spreading stuff outwards? Uh, yes and no. It all, so the last comment you made is in uh, me spreading and people coming in. So it all depends on that. It depends on the filter design. Right. Um, it protects down to 0.3 microns, if I recall correctly, and um, and and most of the particles that are when they're expelled from the body around 0.5 microns. So 0.3 is smaller than 0.5, so it's able to get uh, most of the, the 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 
path pathogens from the air and f and get them trapped inside the mask. My microphone right now. Okay. So so my next question for you then is, how are these masks made? How are these masks made? Yeah. Well, you got to get parts from different places. I heard in the news, like I, 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 if you're leading me down kind of a direction, like I've, I've heard where a lot of materials for these masks come from. Uh, one place being from BC, um, which may have been an indication why our prime minister was actually kind of cool about it. Not like I would say common cool about it, um, referring more so to that would be it was kind of cautioning the U.S. government from proceeding with this kind of course of action by saying, listen, if you do this, it would be very bad for you, uh, <laughs> basically, is what he came out and said, um, because a lot of the materials come yeah. from other places. They come from places like China, from from us, from all over. The but place. No, 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 just follow my logic. You, you, you get all this hyped up stuff. OK, so. Okay. You're getting all wired. Okay, so you established it come from BC, but really it's it's they're made from cellulose, and the cellulose is made by adding um, uh, sodium hydroxide, which just comes from potash, and which we can make very easily. <clears throat> so cellulose. So you take wood fibers, you add sodium hydroxide, uh, or wood pulp and sodium hydroxide together. You're going to get um, a cellulose substance that you can eventually make masks out of. Then you dope it with a antibacterial and some other other things uh, to make it semi-rigid and all these, uh, and you can start playing with it. So a machine to make these cost between, let's say, twenty three thousand US and fifty thousand US. Okay. I look. I looked at Alibaba. They have them in stock. <laughs> so theoretically, we could actually just go get the damn machines and make them ourselves. Right. So all it would take is an act on you know from engineers and local politicians to make this happen, right? You don't even need the engineers. You can just say, "Do go make shit." It buy, it's like buying a three D printer. With a whole bunch of extra parts. Here's the money. Go forth and buy this shit that you need in order to make more masks. Can you get up and running in like three days? Uh, you give me an airplane to China. And then we load this shit into China. It's 1,200 pounds. And you bring it back and you start making masks. Just, just, let's say give me a week setup time. And uh, I just saw Alberta said they get enough stuff for two weeks. So if that's... More or less across the board of where we're at, we could do it. Right. So what you need to realize is that because those machines are still available for sale, that means there's excess capacity. Because if we really wanted the machines, we someone would have bought them already. So a the material is available. I checked for the material as well, and we can buy the material. It's for sale. Okay. So, what does that mean? The reason why we're not panicking is because the capacity is there. And we can get but, the mass. We can get all the parts. Right. Not, the, the U.S. technically isn't blocking us. Okay? We have the same types of measures in our in different acts. 
the wartime war measures act um i forget, I forget what it's called i sent it to you the other day the okay. point is is that we can actually make them the determined canadians can make them even if we didn't have the machine from china we have the raw materials to do it now we already contacting seamstresses from all over canada to make masks for nurses um some people are making them out of furnace filters so the material is there it's it's now organizing the people like it's easy to assign blame like you are prohibiting us from succeeding and being healthy <clears throat> but realize canada gonna be self-reliant a little bit and when we're you know when there's roadblocks there's opportunity Okay, 3M right. recognized that. 3M recognizes if you force Canada to make its own, it's going to create its own competitor. Yeah, and they don't want that. No, they don't. Okay. So they're okay. they're so, so they're talking from a business perspective then, rather than um, uh, like because one of the response lines in the 3M response line to Trump and the U.S. government was um, this is a humanitarian issue. Uh, or it has humanitarian implications if you go forward with this. Well, we I, we it, do not recommend it. Does. It. It, does, it does, absolutely. But there's other factors they're not going to talk about. Because it would hurt their bottom line. No, no, no. It, it just, right now, like, you got to, it does the optics, there's optics here, right? right? So 3M wants to be perceived as a savior because it's got doing good business, excess capacity, running triple shifts, to try and meet the you know meet the demand, and it looks good on them that they're doing everything they can to do it to to make what's due, but they don't have any more capacity. They're that's it. They'd have to build a whole other plant to do it. the 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 problem is that as soon as this as soon as this thing, crisis is over, you don't want to invest in a plant you can't use. So. It's better to see where, how long this is going to last rather than invest in a new plant. Hmm. But so, the problem is, is now if, if another competitor comes along and they have a sustained contract for the same thing, they just had to let a, com a competitor enter the, market, the marketplace and now they can't charge as much. So now Trump is even stupider than... He's then we then we previously knew. Well, we already knew just how stupid he was, but apparently you know just how much more stupid he is. Well, he he ordered GM to make uh, ventilators uh, at a plant they no longer owned. <laughs> okay, so uh, we, oh, let's take a step back here for a second because one thing you mentioned there was um, we have the capacity. We have the, the the materials and we have the means to be able to do something just as simple as making, uh, in your eyes, as simple as making these masks or uh, recreating or replicating the, the means here. But the thing is, is no, based on of my own paper. reaction. We, we make our own paper. Yeah, that's fine. We, we, we make the paper. We already have the paper. It's here. Okay, okay that's fine. But around your head. How? Okay, that's fine. No, 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 no. I'm listening. I'm listening. But think about it. Think about my reaction at the very beginning of this episode, right? Think about my reaction and how many people are reacting the exact same way. Like, it's it's all doom and gloom. Like, there are people who are okay. So, I gotta 
text from my mother the other day. It's like nurses at her work are breaking down in tears. They are um, there. Some of them are talking about walking off the job because they just can't handle the stress anymore. It's just one added stress. You mean that we're going to have to start uh, like what the, some of the administration is their response is they're going to basically ration these masks off one per person and they're going to find a way to sanitize and 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 wash these things when they have like a shelf life of like one use only anyway so so let's 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 get clear here so there's masks and there's n95 masks okay okay so what happened is yes there's more patients but the from the stats that I read is the number of masks that were being used went up something like four hundred percent or three hundred percent. They're burning through masks faster than they spent in, in one month. They burned through a year's worth of masks. Who in, in so one month? Who who burned through? Canada. Okay. So because in, of in panic their, or what? Panic, worry, misconception. And nurses are trying to protect themselves any way they deem possible. So every time they just they just change the masks. So okay. um, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm not judging any of those things. Okay. Right. But if I'm an administrator going, and I look at the stats going, did I get 300% more people in here? Uh, I didn't. Um, you did, definitely did got I, a more influx of more patients. Yeah, but it's not 300%. You see where I'm going with it? Okay. So, so maybe you wear one mask and just keep it on. Yeah, but any residue that gets on that mask is going to go and infect somebody else, is it not? But a lot of them are doped with other antiviral and antibacterial things. So no. The mask and, that that and the healthcare and the ones professionals that, already like have. The, you're saying like the, like the N95 mask that I that I carry with me has an exhaust valve on it. That exhaust valve doesn't filter. It just spits out whatever I'm spitting out. Right. It only filters the intake. So that's just an N95 mask, which is like something you can buy at a dollar store. No, you can't buy N95. Most of the time you can't you buy N95. I thought you could. You can buy, I, you can buy dust masks yeah. at the dollar store. Dust masks, N95 masks do filter dust, but dust masks don't perform the same level as N95. Okay. So it's like there's not all filters are made equal. Do you understand that um, a coffee filter does a certain filtration level, mm. but your coffee still comes out brown? Right. But it just I, prevents I, sediment from getting into it. What are you talking about? Coffee is a sediment. It's a sediment suspended in a solution. But you, I mean, like the larger grinds. So larger yes. setup. So you're not chewing your coffee; you're drinking it. Yeah. So it makes it sort of a level, right? It's, it's, uh, just, it's just the, the granularity, the fine fineness of what sediment is getting into your coffee cup. Exactly. So if yeah. you have an espresso maker that's uh, pressure, it's got one hole uh, at the bottom. Uh, if you have a an Italian thing you put in the pot, you have a bunch of holes. That percolate, um, or you use a drip, which is a, just a paper filter. Uh, and each of them have a different particle size. 
right. then there's exhaust valve, there's fit. So cheap masks don't fit as well, so they don't perform. The key point about all masks is how well they fit. Cheap masks do not fit well. Okay. So, and all the research you read about making your own has to do with fit. Okay, so here's the thing, though, is we're talking a lot about the science about all these things and how they work. And I understand you have a really great grasp on all that stuff. But most people don't. And this is a thing that I'll constantly come back at you with. Most people don't. And there are certain procedures already in place that these doctors and nurses were already adhering to. And as a result, um, there's now a shortage of these things or we are we are hitting we are hitting that point where we are beyond our capacity to be able to have have this material, this necessary material. And oh, yeah. to tell them so to tell them that they can't uh, they should just reuse that mask or whatever. I mean, I I feel like somebody's going to be spitting in your face, Whiskey. I'm sorry to say it, but <laughs> no, I, I listen, listen. But if, so what people are coming into, so if, if I give you two options, okay, and an N95 mask, if you look at over time, when additional particles enter the mask, uh, some of those just actually says it becomes more efficient because there's fewer pores around the mask uh, to get for stuff to get into. Okay, so I'm putting that on the table. I put another piece on the table is that some nurses are wearing cloth masks. Now, cloth, card, uh, cotton T-shirts and stuff like that, are only rated to 50% effectiveness if they fit properly. Now, there's an interesting thing. Would you rather an N95 mask <laughs> that's designed to fit a majority of faces that has all the pieces, It's the design has been validated, and uh, it has been tested to perform a certain way? Or would you rather... The T-shirt uh, or the rag that someone dug out of their button and turned it into X, Y, or Z. Knowing that the N95 is 95% effective and will continue to be effective until you can no longer breathe through it. Whereas the, the cloth thing is just there. So when we, when we, when we start, start talking about rationalization... Okay, when we start talking about rationalization, just means let's take a look at it. Let's identify where the risk points are. Okay, and then let's come to a way of trying to bring more mass to, to last longer so nurses are protected better. Okay, rather than having to revert to the cloth or some inferior product because we can't get the ones that are top of the line. That's all I'm saying. Like the, the rationalization, everybody's like, it, it's it's an essential thing. Yes, yet no one's denying that this is essential. But when there's a shortage of something, then becomes a problem. And then you throw the politics involved. Then you factor in that no one's or there's a lot of people not working, so they're just cycling the news over and over again. And so there's chasing. a bit of fear going on. There's a bit of fear going on. So because fear is going on. Then um, there, there, there's nothing else to do. I've been wa there's a, I watched a, an article today about someone who lives in a 700 square foot apartment by himself with his dog mm. um, in Toronto, 
He's basically going out of his mind. So everything he flicks on the news, it's always the same goddamn show, news station talking about the same uh, same problem. It's just getting worse. Um, yeah. So what, what do you do? So me, what I do is I start breaking things down, even though I'm already working 16 hours a day. But uh, when I when something scares me, I try and break it down to its fundamental components. Okay. Are we talking about masks or are we talking about our access to a particular brand of masks? Because 3M doesn't own N95. Okay? Okay. They just they have they have a major production facility in North America. So they're the target. Does Donald Trump have the right to ask them to do it? Yes. Okay. Yes, he does. Okay. Does Canada have the same right to start sequestering supplies? Yes. Does it have the right to set up its own, its own manufacturing facilities? And could it? Yes. Could it do it in very short order? Absolutely. Okay. So let's call spade a spade here and saying we feel threatened or we feel vulnerable first because we don't have everything we want. And then we feel that vulnerability is exploited by a, a bad news article. Okay. Not that it was bad news. In a sense, this is not good news, not positive. So we're going to react a certain way. If we want to mobilize people to do it, you know what? The army has mat techs that can make anything. We've got engineers here. We've got students. There's lots of cool things uh, that are going on. There's flatten.ca, which is a bunch of... Uh, programmers out of toronto i was talking to them wednesday um about their um about their their product for for displaying um confirmed cases down to the municipality but on top of that they have a questionnaire so they're using the 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 dual feedback from the user self-identifying because they don't believe that um, um they don't believe that People are being tested often enough and frequent enough because there's a rationalization rationalization on the testing materials. Okay, so don't give in to fear just because it's fear. Give in to your 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 ability to break down the problem and understand it. Like, this mask is not a fruit. It's something we make. It's a it's in us as humans to build it. We have the capacity. There's nothing special about it. The first ones were were uh, were designed by a Chinese guy in uh, during a uh, forget was was a typhoid, um, and essentially it was it was a doctor who took a bunch of gauze and taped it to, uh, wrapped it around his face, and everybody laughed at him. Uh, but his biggest critic uh, died the following week, so his mask survived. Masks were originally design, designed to cover up the smell. They weren't actually designed to filter anything. Um, so you could put oils in, in the mask so you wouldn't have to smell the thing, the, the bad odor. So masks have come a long way. It's a human construct. We're human. It's not a rare, it's not uranium. So, like, it's easily available and it's easy for us to get at. We just have to have the human will to do it. And demand what may uh focus on what needs to get done you know so. i was listening to okay so you bring up a really good point 
Um, and it actually helps. And it actually helps kind of transition because this is stuff that I kind of took notes on uh, over the last week or so. Um, talking about fear, uh, misinformation, ambulance chasing, that kind of thing that we're seeing a lot of right now. Um, I listened to an interview with a former Navy SEAL named Andy Stumpf. It was on the Joe Rogan podcast. It's no secret that I'm a fan of that podcast, but take what you all. It's an excellent podcast. Go listen to it. Um, and he's a former Navy SEAL, and he had some really, really interesting points. Um, some of the things that he was talking about, he was talking specifically about fear, about, you know, the average person um, maybe watching the news a little too much and all of a sudden, like, he talks about um, your sphere of influence versus your sphere of concern, right? Your sphere of influence being things within your environment that you actually have control over, as opposed to your sphere of concern, which are things outside of your control that are concerning to you. And so when you're sitting at home watching the news all day long and you're getting scared and and you're you're just spinning – um, those are things you have zero control over. And so what this guy, uh, Andy Stump, what his recommendation was is keep your world small. It's kind of like what you were saying earlier, um, about, uh, about, um, you breaking things down to their smallest parts. It's keep your words, keep your world small. Um, it's, <laughs> And it's funny. I was also just uh, just watching. It's funny. I haven't really uh, been watching too much uh, news or anything like that. But what I have been watching is kids' cartoons, a lot of them on YouTube and on Netflix, because that's basically what my son is allowed to watch right now. Um, that said, um, I decided to uh, load up Disney Plus, and uh, lo and behold. Uh, an old favorite show of mine is on there now. It used to be on Netflix. It's Cosmos. It's the old uh, Cosmos show from um, originally from Carl Sagan. I think it was back in the 70s. And now it's being headed by Seth MacFarlane and, uh, and Neil deGrasse Tyson. I haven't seen any of the second season yet, but it looks really great. But anyway, I'm going through the third episode, and they're talking about comets. And they're talking about how um, people had no idea what the hell a comet was. And so it was often uh, it, it was often kind of like a, a vision in the sky that would precede uh, death or famine or the loss of a great leader or something like that. And it would always end up in, in great tragedy. And I wonder it's kind of I was thinking as I was watching this and I was comparing to what we're going through with now. And I'm wondering how much does fear actually lead to self-fulfilling prophecy? And it's kind of interesting because, like, when you see something that you don't understand, that you can't fathom, you can't you can't figure it out, and then all of a sudden you just your fear generates all this action that ends up creating your own demise, and it ends up becoming self fulfilling prophecy. And so I thought, like, I like the idea of being able to, like Andy Andy Stump says. Um, S-T-U-M-P-F. Uh, I like the idea of keeping your world small. So one thing that I try and go out and do is, uh, you know, I'll wake up with the kids, one of them or both of them, um, if, if, um, if I'm able to, cause sometimes I, I have a hard time getting out of bed. So usually what happens is the wife kicks me out 
And then I just go ahead and uh, I'll take the kid for a walk I'll, or I'll get him breakfast and I'll just take him around the block for a walk. If there's other people in my path, I'll go off to the side, you know, do the whole social distancing, all that kind of stuff. But it's something that I can control. One thing that I can influence and control is how I interact with my son, how how he ends up becoming a productive member of society. And so I want to do things that are going to encourage, you know, making sure he's getting some, you know, good physical activity out because if he doesn't and he lingers and he sits around and watches cartoons all day, he's going to drive us crazy and we're going to want to shoot him. Um, not actually folks, we're, I'm, we're not violent people. Um, but we got to make sure we got to get him on a routine. And, and it's so much, it's so important that, I get him on a routine that I almost forget that in order to keep my own world small and and um, and uh, prevent myself from lashing out, similar to what I did at the beginning of this episode, uh, you got to remember, it's just like you got to build yourself a routine. Do the things that you have actual control over. And I think that's actually quite important. You there? Uh, yeah, I'm totally. Uh, you're right. And. I had a thought. It sort of escapes me. Um, and on that note. <laughs> I should have one, too, I guess. Uh, I'm having a 21-year-old blended scotch called William Grant & Sons. I actually got it for a reasonable price. By the way, I'm going through uh, what I'm now calling Rocks Reserve. Um, it's all of the uh, whiskey that I've stocked up over the years that my wife has now ordered me to either consume or get rid of um so i'm going with option a and i'm um, slowly chipping away at it this is an excellent one 21 years old for a blended scotch whiskey it's excellent i've heard of the infinity bottle the infinity bottle no you mean like the art bag perpetuum it has an infinity symbol on it so there's a a, a, a a thing where you you buy a nice decanter and then you just keep putting uh, new whiskeys in it. And as you drink, you just keep adding more and more and more. Um, so every time every weekend, you just add some more of your whatever whiskey you're drinking to the bottle. Eventually, the, the taste just sort of averages out, and people think that it's a a nice thing to have. So they call it the infinity bottle because you never get to the bottle. So you just keep mixing different whiskeys? You're drinking a blended whiskey right frickin' now. Yeah, that's one thing. That's designed to be a blend, as opposed to, I'm going to take this Macallan, you know, 12, I'm going to mix it with my Highland Park 21. That's fucking blasphemy, man. <laughs> you don't do that. I might as well wash I, it I, in my mouth and spit it back out. No, no. Be smart about it. <laughs> He's smart about it. That's terrible. That's like a terrible. No, it's idea. not. <laughs> how do you think they got it? Do you actually watch how people make these things? I've been to a distillery or two. No, actually watch them make it. So that they do the whole process. Okay, there's a process. It's not just I'm going to take my bottle of whiskey and throw it into the not empty decanter that I haven't also washed. I'm going to take this food and turn it into poop. There's a big freaking transitory piece to this. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> like, 
it's Petey because we had Pete in the, the mash. Well, you can actually back Pete things as well. Um, and there's certain strategies of how the, the master blender puts all the shit together. Um, so the thing is, is that you always maybe have half a shot left of one thing. You can add it to something else and make a nice blended one. Um, mm. How much moisture in it is in it? Um, man, I, I got some stuff from a friend upstairs, and it is smooth. It's like 80-something percent. All you get is this beautiful burn. 80 percent? That's yeah. That seems absurd to me. That's well, too much. I got the straight right here with 75. Rory, you almost spit it out. <laughs> 75%. Yes, I do remember that. Okay. Uh, okay, so but back anyways, to your point. It goes back to simplify your world. What is the world? Like, whiskey is just, it's sugar, yeast, and then evaporation. Um, everything else is just a process we can master. The world is simple. If you just let it be simple, I think the majority of stress for that people have is is they don't have they don't feel they have control over it. The thing is, is just start with the first thing, master that, and then you will have some sort of measure of control. Then, once you feel you're comfortable with that one, learn a new thing and master that, like. Learn how to change things on your car and work on your car uh, will empower you feel less less risky or feel more at ease when things are going wrong with it. Um, what would you have to say about people who are spreading misinformation? And, uh, and I mean, through no through no fault of their own. Like I mean, I'm not saying they're being malicious about it, but like some of the things that I see, some comments that I see on social media, some uh, some news articles that people are sharing. Like I'll give you a couple examples. First one, uh, my mother-in-law shared this with me. She said uh, she she found it off a friend, and she said what, it says one thousand dollar fine for eating outside in a public space public place. Or driving passengers that don't live with live with you. This is coming to Ontario, folks. Um, that's not that's not my mother in law who sent that, but it's somebody who sent it to her, and she saw it. She's like, "This sounds a little bit off." And I'm just thinking, how are they going to be able to enforce that? They just stop a car and start asking people for their IDs, and that's basically it. Or and then just find find the person. Or and then there's other folks like saying the coronavirus is a it's. It, it, it's the common cold or saying it's the common cold plus the flu, but it's not as severe as the Spanish flu. It's like, you don't even know that we haven't even been through this for like a couple of months. Like we've barely been through this. We have no idea what this thing is going to look like in six months or in a year or in two years. We have no idea. It could mutate like the Spanish flu did, and it could end up killing a whole whack more people. Well, we can't predict the future. There's no cure for stupid. Um, and people who deliver syllabus information should be shot. Um, yeah, like, I just, my and, advice and is stop, well, stop saying it's this or that and start saying, I actually have no idea what the fuck it is I'm talking about. Maybe I should listen to an expert. Um, yeah, your news is not Facebook. Yeah. There's a... There's a, a whole difference that a uh, scam of things. Trust but verify. 
So if you don't listen, if you're not paying for a news source, they're selling you something else. Okay, if it's That's not fair. CBC, if it's not CBC, and you're not paying for it, they're selling something else. Well, beware of CBC. Beware of that because that's also government funded, is it not? So there's another agenda there as well. Yes, but right now that agenda is protecting the people because if people die, the tax base dies. That's fair. (laughs) That's a very callous but fair way of putting it. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So look what's happening. So sensational journalism looks to follow on with the next sensational piece it doesn't it doesn't look to pacify you because right. if you're pacified you're not going to re-engage okay hmm. so understand like, news is getting more and more sensational from the non-paid sources like the economists they'll have crazy stories but it's completely rational approach to how what, how the story unfolds, whereas uh, everything else has got like seventeen thousand pop up ads and everything in between uh, and stuff on uh, Harry and Meghan, um, and it's sort of just inundating you with images of things that just don't really freaking matter, right? Um, so. If you're looking at trying to make your life reasonable, pay for th- things that provide value, okay? Good news provides value. Everything else is entertainment, okay? How, how does one decide what is good news for them? Because everybody's opinion is subjective, so they're going to want to go and look at things that are going to confirm their own biases. Well, that's, hey, listen, again, no cure for stupid. Understand that you have biases is probably step number freaking one. Yeah, that's the first part is recognizing that you are fallible as a human being. So if you only want to look what liberals have to say, well, you're a moron. If you only want to look what conservatives have to say, you're a moron. And NDP, you're also a moron. So understand that you need to understand different dynamics of the problem in order to find a solution. Yeah. Look. Yes, the U.S. may ban exports or try to enforce masks to stay in the country. Got it. Well, you know what? There's a whole political maneuvering space here. Or, you know what? Maybe we'll stop shipping pulp and we'll make our own masks. Does 3M have other plants in Canada? Probably. Are there other implants in Canada? Yes, there is. Are there other sewing factories in Canada? Yes, there is. Canada used to be a, one of the number one exporters of textiles in the world before China started ramping up its production. The textile industry in Winnipeg used to be pretty strong. Uh, so can we do it? Yes. Yes, we can. Is there, are the skills there? Yes, there are. Okay. Just how we want to rise as a people. Okay. And I think this is the biggest challenge we have in our entire generation. Uh, and maybe four or five generations. Like I talked to my dad, he's uh, one of the older boomers, but realize, like he goes, I am, what you guys are going through, uh, they went through oil crisis in the 70s, copper crisis, but nothing like this. Nothing where you were stuck in your house and confined to what's happening. This 
is something that will define us and we will ride ride out to freaking meet the challenge. But let's not sit in our house saying, oh, you know, someone's doing this to me. No, let, let's, let's take the time to innovate. Let's take the time to find realistic challenges based on science and knowledge and a can-do attitude. You can't do can-do without Canada. That's freaking for sure. Okay, so who who's going to do that? And that's the question is, I'm pretend, say I'm pretending that I'm a nurse in this situation. I'm going to go back to the, ner- the, the mask thing. Is, you know, all of a sudden, I'm very fearful of what the future lies for my equipment, for the things that I'm going to need in order to take care of my patients, right? Um, my, the, one of the questions, if I'm listening to you, Wesky, one of the questions I have, it's like, well, it's obviously not going to be me who's going to be able to do, who's going to be doing all this. So then who the fuck is actually going to be taking care of this? Okay. And, 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 and at, one poor, at, at one point, like, it's going to require somebody to step up or multiple people to step up. But, like... We don't live in a society, and I'm pretty sure you're aware of that. We don't live really in a society where people are they, – they step up, right? They don't – like we live in a society where it's basically every man or woman for themselves. No, it's not. Oh, watch the sales in toilet paper. There's your evidence. No. Yeah, absolutely. No. What does a nurse do? The nurse isn't about herself. The mailman uh-huh. is not. No, the mailman isn't about themselves. That cashier at the Loblaws is not all about herself. Everybody has a role to play. Listen, if, what perspective is that? They can the refuse to go to work. I still need to earn a paycheck in order to sustain myself. They can refuse to go to work and collect the welfare or the EI. Mm-hmm. They can go in and say, I have a sore throat, uh, and then get off work, give up work for a while. Self-interest, don't ever underestimate the levels of self, how far self-interest can go, okay? I went to Starbucks yes, the other day for my birthday, and it came out to $10.40. I paid with my credit card, and then I took a Lysol wipe, and then I wiped off a plastic $10 bill. I said, thank you very much. Okay? They're, they are, and they're, they're also giving um, free coffee to nurses. Um, I'm a fan of Starbucks business model and how they go, mm. but if you say everything is selfishness, yes, there's a cost of doing business, Okay. Fuel is almost cheap, is almost free right now, but it's not free. So it takes someone to do time uh, and that we use money to measure what time is and what the cost of things. Uh, And there's lots of reasons why that is. So just because there's a fee to it doesn't mean it's, it's no longer altruistic. Okay, I know you hate money, but... (laughs) it's a a measure of time okay it's a measure of value and we use it to to equate things um i don't hate money 
Yes, you do. I like it when I have it. I don't like it when I don't have it. <laughs> You're a hater. I know you are. Uh, <laughs> I also hate but, it when but, people I, chase it for its own sake. But that the thing is, that's what drives motivation. You just said, why would anybody want to get out of bed to make a ventilator? Or why would anybody want to get out of bed to make masks? Well, there needs when you when you talk about economics, the money is the driving factor that supports this. It's an ideology. If we are communists, which also is fraught with problems, you would have people. Why would I want to get out of bed? I get paid the same amount as everybody else. Mm. So you need to balance what it is. Okay. So if you hate money and you hate economics, you hate people who chase money, but the, the, the incentive for doing well is money. I mean, there's only so much you can live. You, you can't feed your children on good ideas and feelings. It just doesn't work. Um, we call those, but you're not helping uh, if you're buying out all the toilet paper in your local local grocery store either. No, and there's a lot of people out there who have done that. Gouging is a different freaking problem. Okay? okay. Okay. But there are there are middlemen out there. They're actually going out and finding masks. Okay. Uh, and selling them at a small markup. Those are called uh, middlemen or or, or uh, distributors. They do that. Yeah. Are distributors gouging? Well, let's let's see what our actual costs are, and then. You know, we'll, we'll we'll look at what gouging really is. Mm. Gouging is spending a billion dollars. But like economic theory to tell you all the time, it takes uh, a guy from California who goes and buys all the generators in California and takes them to Kansas because they had a whole bunch of tur- uh, uh, tornadoes and sells them at a healthy markup. But if he didn't do that, Kansas would be out of power for an extra week. So, because he quit his job, you know, gave up a bunch of stuff, took a whole bunch of debt on, whole bunch of risk, high risk needs high reward to exist. And they exist every that, that whole concept is all through economics. So you may have to do if if people are looking at it from a moral or ethical perspective, which a lot of people will, they'd be looking at that and saying back to you, so basically what you're saying is you have to do a little bit of evil in order to achieve what is ultimately good. Is it evil? So well, if so, you're te- no, no, so, no, 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 no. Okay, so, uh, you know what, rocks, Mister Rocks is going to go and he's going to solve the world's problems. No, okay? I'm not. I don't have any illusions you, here. Okay, no, 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 let me finish it. Finish it. So you 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 are going to solve the N95 uh, crisis. Okay, so. Are you saying to me that you are going to mortgage your, your your house to go buy all the equipment and the supply, and you have to do it fast enough that no one else does it before you? Because if you don't get to the market fast enough, the existing supplier contract relationship will push you out. So you may have done all the N95 mass building as a goodwill gesture, but you could lose your house and your ability to feed your family. 
But people don't think that way. People do not think that way. People yes, think in terms. No, 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 no. What they see is, oh my God, all these masks are being taken away from us. We gotta do oh. something. Uh, somebody, please go out and get us, uh, get us a bunch of masks here, and then, uh, and then, you know, if you and if they have, if they show that they are earning one cent on all those masks, like, okay, let's take the toilet. Because uh, my mask uh, analogy is very poor right now. Take the person who is buying all the toilet paper out and then they're selling it at a markup uh, to people uh, basically within their local community. Um, they're basically doing the same thing. People will well, look at that people will look at that as an unethical and immoral. Uh, you're basically taking advantage of people's pain. Oh yeah, but you're also taking panic sentiment. You know, you know, you can have all the toilet paper you want and feel reassured. There was an article in Kingston where I think it was Kingston where a woman had a business. Uh, and because she had a business, uh, she had a supply of toilet paper. So she went to Costco's parking lot and started selling it at cost. Now, a whole bunch of people started yelling at her for price gouging. But she was selling it at cost. And if it showed the reporter, it's the same price. I'm just trying to help people out. So she's just so trying to all, turn herself into a distributor and people got upset with her because she's she not part of the norm because she's not she Costco sh or she's not, you know, a grocery store. Pe people don't people like to hate people like to feel that they're being mistreated because it didn't have a Costco price sticker on it. They were mad. So it doesn't it, it's it's upsetting from the norm. She had toilet paper. Other people did not, and they hated her for it. Hmm. What I'm trying to get at is you can't expect people to go whole, do a whole bunch of different things for free. It doesn't matter. So that woman started selling stuff at cost, and people were still accusing her of gouging. So you can be altruistic all you want. Not everybody will recognize that. So 3M said we will try and we're going to continue to supply Canada because it's the right thing to do as an altruistic statement. But in reality, their supply chain is Canadian. So what does that mean? <clears throat> it means it, you can be altruistic and that's the marketing campaign. There's always going to be a business back end to what's happening because otherwise – People can't afford to do the altruistic thing you say they are. So you can be a, you can be a company in business to make money to pay your employees. Are you seeing those employees because they're going to work or not altruistic because the cause is altruistic? I mean, not for, not for profits. You know, companies that are actually there to do try and do good things pay their employees. Well. If they're doing something good, they should just do it altruistic. There, there's a in, in Canadian psyche, a lot of times there's a disconnect between those things. Like, does why does that why does a minister of a church need a salary? He's with God, you know. Hmm. But they need they they need to live too. They need to eat. That stuff does not free. Money is the invisible hand that guides what we do. It doesn't tell us how we do it necessarily. That's that's mm. internal to the person. That's intrinsic. That's where the good feelings come from. Mm. Okay. I think I think people make and something similar to what I've been doing is people make 
emotional arguments. And I think what you're trying to do, well, no, it's true. Like what you're trying to do is you're trying to make an, uh, an objective argument, which is, you know, it's, you know, it's think of the, I'll take a, I'll take an example from that Cosmos show again. Think of the, uh, the person walking their dog on the beach, you know, the person maintains, the person represents objectivity and they maintain a steady line and they just keep on going. Whereas the dog is just like, they're going zigging and zagging all over the place. And that's the, that's the irrational person making emotional arguments all the time. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. I feel like I'm the dog that's just basically zigzagging all over the place. <laughs> and you're trying to keep the straight and narrow uh, objective. Right? I, I, okay, I get it. You've convinced me that the the horses beat. Um, speaking <laughs> uh, speaking of horses um, and things similar to that, I uh, sent you a picture there on our chat. Uh, it's a this is it's a picture from the Second World War and it shows a soldier carrying a donkey, and uh, so the caption says it is not that the soldier loves donkeys or has some sort of perversion. What's happening is that the field that they're walking through is mined, and that if the donkey was free to wander wander as it pleased, it would likely detonate a charge and kill everyone. Moral of the story is that during difficult times, the first ones you have to keep under control are the jackasses who don't understand the danger and they just do as they please. <laughs> so which one's rocks? Okay. I'm probably the donkey. <laughs> I'll admit it. I'll be the first to admit it. I'll be the first to admit it. Uh, um, do you want to end it there or do you want to do good news? Because I do have some good news. Oh, no, just keep going, buddy. We'll keep going? Okay. So here's a couple other things that I was I was thinking about over the, the past week. Um, the first thing is is uh, Mrs. Rocks. We talk, we talk about uh, people um, doing good things uh, for, for others. I've noticed friends of mine who have started sewing and started making surgical masks and that kind of stuff, but or, or surgical caps, rather. Um, my, my wife, Mrs. Rock, she's making surgical caps and bandanas. She's using material and she's basically been giving it to like basically delivering it on the doorstep of my, uh, on my, uh, of my mother who is then able to take it, wash it and, and then, and then use it at work. And she's getting a lot of compliments and stuff. So it's like, if, if my wife's doing that, there's gotta be a, you know, a whole bunch of people out there who are doing stuff like that. Um, Here's a here's a thought that kind of entered my brain last week, and it was about healthcare professionals and nurses and doctors, basically that working class uh, of of folks. And I thought, can you imagine yourself if you're a doctor or a nurse? You're you're part of a working class that gets it get that gets to say that it saved the human race, that it saved our species. Like, I'm just like, it kind of blew my mind a little bit when you think about it. Not that we're going to die, like not that the species is going to be erased off the planet because of the coronavirus. Um, We'll endure. But healthcare professionals especially will be the single, like these people deserve medals at the end of this. Like to say that they staved off more of a disaster than we could have undergone. I thought that was kind of cool. You, you know, like it's uh, was it 
between 10 and 20 percent of all deaths will be uh, the estimate will be healthcare professionals uh just due to the, the the constant repeated exposure so ex- the risk of illness is proportional to the amount of uh quantity of expo- exposed uh of the pathogen uh and the duration of the exposure okay yeah. so so repeat be doing it over and over and over again increases your likelihood uh of being uh of contracting the illness and how sick you get is is, is also proportional. Well, so it's if like you think you of someone, if, if you think of someone doing CPR on a patient with that has COVID nineteen, doing chest compressions is hard work. Uh, you're sucking in a lot of air, and you're yeah. blowing out a lot of air, and you're not there thinking about fixing your mask or doing those things because if you don't, the person dies. Yeah. So it's there. Uh, yes, they do deserve recognition. They don't deserve hospital cuts. I think what we'll see in Canada, we'll see a re uh, 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 a resurgence in how we're going to treat hospitals and how they're funded and, and, and cared for. Um, but most hospitals, health is a healthcare is a provincial responsibility, but the hospitals are private enterprise. Just keep that in mind. So, I think how we look at that. I think in the U.S. where uh, there is no public health care, I think that's going to change. Some things there will change. I think organizations that don't have public health care will change drastically. And I think that people should hold them accountable. And if you realize, if you look at the countries that are reporting and how they report it, I I, I think that there's a a pattern in that information we see public versus private healthcare. So pri- uh, p- uh, private healthcare or fee-for-service healthcare, their, their interest is in under-reporting and people with uh, public healthcare ha- can have a similar motive if they're not, um, if it's an unpopular. So if you think of uh, like, uh, Brazil, for example, they said it's 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 an, uh, COVID nineteen is an exaggeration because he doesn't want to be seen as being unresponsive to the pandemic, right? Right. So I think there's patterns in that data, and we'll see that later on because there's an interest in skewing the results, and the results are ultimately reported by public officials, not necessarily private enterprise. So do they deserve medals? I think they deserve recognition. They, I just think they deserve co- being compensated for what it is. And I think they should be enabled to do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, help people. And I think people need to treat them with goddamn respect uh, yeah. as they go into uh, hospitals. And if they're inconvenienced because they're in pain, yes, a broken arm is a problem. It's not life-threatening. You need to understand, people need to understand that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, your ha- hangnail is not a life threatening thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, if, if, if you feel faint because you walk upstairs, it doesn't mean you're having a heart attack. Okay. Like you need to put things in perspective and you treat things with some sort of due diligence here. Because when you do, okay, when you occupy a nurse's time, you're taking it away from somebody else who may need it. Yeah. Okay. And when they realize, so uh, Leonard Birchall is a Canadian, a Japanese uh, 
uh, Japanese uh, internment camps for uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for for uh, prisoners of war. Um, lots of leadership things that went on there, but I want to highlight the point is that once they started getting organized and once they started being Canadian, once they started realizing the need to respect each other and look after each other, he found that he tells a story about, a, um, I think it was a, a soldier. We'll just use a soldier. He was in a lot of pain. He was dying and he knew it. Everybody around knew it. But the prisoners, what they did is they're ration, rationing um, narcotics and pain. Uh, they, they had some, um, I don't want to say heroin, but they had, uh, what's the other drug? Meth. Um, no. no, no, no. Cocaine. No, it was, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> they, had, they had a powerful painkiller, and I'm like three drinks in now, so it's escaping. Opium? But the point is, oh, no, it's an opium derivative. I forget what's called. Mm. But then, Popular payment, but I forget what it's called. An injectable style. So, um, but as the soldier's dying, they offered it to him because they could tell that he was in a lot of pain. And the Canadian oh, said... Morphine. 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 That, that's it. There, morphine. Um, Sister morphine. But, yeah, so you, he, he, he turned down the morphine. And he basically said, give it to the next person who needs it. Yeah. Because I'm done. That's a Canadian thing. I don't know if it's a Canadian thing. I think it uh, might be a quality found soldiers, at least, because you see a lot of that. And it's not. And that's irrespective of, you know, it's regardless of whether or not they're Canadian, their nationality. You see that in in American soldiers. You see that in in, in, you know, know, soldiers around the world. There's a lot of guys because that type of don't dilute my point. My point is <laughs> it's time to come together as Canadians, not be a bunch of whiny, whiny, crappy people that are crying about random things when it's, there's real shit going on. Right. Okay. There's lots of songs, stay the fuck home, because that's all they need to do to be support what is happening. There's lots of songs. Oh, we should play some of the songs. This is what Canadians need to do. Okay. Uh-oh. I am going to find it. Whiskey and the internet. Whiskey and the internet? Okay. We're in trouble. While you're looking for that, I'll, I got a... There's a couple of... I'll, I'll lighten the mood here. Uh, no, 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 no. Folks. Don't do it. Don't do it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. It's a minute. <laughs> All right. It's a minute of your, it's a minute of your life. Okay. All right, I'm sending it to you now, and then you have to listen to it right absolutely fucking now. Okay, because this is this is this encapsulates our world right now. All right, YouTube. All right. So it's written by an Australian, <laughs> and put the music by an American. The world has caught a virus, so I've written you a poem. We need your help to cure it, so stay the fuck at home. And if you have got 12 kids or you're living on your own, lock it down and isolate and stay the fuck at home. If you think you're not at risk here, you're living in a dome. It spreads faster than a hooker's leg, so stay the fuck at home. I need the gym, I need the beach, I hear you bitch and moan. You need to grow a brain cell and stay the fuck at home, but I feel fine. 
I don't feel sick I'll go out on my own I'll think of you You selfish prick Please just stay the fuck at home From L.A. through to Berlin From Wuhan through to Rome There's people dying every day So stay the fuck at home If you need to contact family Use Facebook, Skype or phone We've got the fucking internet So stay the fuck at home The only way to slow it down Is isolate, not roam Please help the world get back on track And stay the fuck at home Stay the fuck at home Stay the fuck at home <laughs> Don't you be a fucking dick Please stay the fuck at home <laughs> Stay the fuck at home. <laughs> that's great. Stay the fuck at home. That's awesome. All right. So that's going in. <laughs> I'll put, I'll share, you know how I share songs and stuff at the end of the episodes. That'll, that'll go at the end and I'll put it here too. Oh, there's, there's a whole bunch. That's awesome. That's so funny. <laughs> so I play, I was playing in the house. And then my my uh, three year old started saying, "Stay the fuck at home." <laughs> I'm like, I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> yep, uh, that's so funny. It's funny. Um, a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, uh, he wrote a post earlier, and he said it's kind of ironic that the longer that I the longer I stay locked away at home, the more I look homeless. I'm starting <laughs> to feel that too. <laughs> well, I. I I, I did have to go out today because uh, the chickens needed food, so I went to the agricultural store, which are legally allowed to be open. Um, and there's a big mess in front of uh, the place because there's a, a a donation box for, um, uh, you know, secondhand items. And the the lo- the guy in the loading dock said, "Well, the, that guy slept in there last night." I'm like, "Why would he sleep in there? Like, that's just dumb." So. I had already gone into the grocery store too for our weekly uh, supply run, and uh, so I gave him a cucumber, and he didn't look very—he didn't look very healthy. At the, uh, you can tell he was sick, but you know, here's a cucumber. You don't need to really die in the street or in the donation box because you know people have died inside them before. <laughs> Become a problem. It's really sad. Um, but it'd be it's it's really hard pressed. Like my employees right now, I'm paying them all their average wages. It's it's scary. Um, it is it, nice that people can stay home and look what's going to happen. But really, I, I think um, it's an unprecedented scale uh, of you know loss of work because some businesses can't afford to keep people. So. Like there's a, there's an end to goodwill when you have to give up your house in order to pay people. Um, so it's interesting. It's going to be interesting how this plays out. Well, that's like that's an interesting point you bring up. Like you talk about some businesses can't afford. Like talk about one business in particular, airlines, and and specifically refunds. Um, I saw a post the other day. Uh, no future bookings, negative revenue at this point. Refunds would probably put airlines out. Uh, I'm in the same boat. Have a ticket with another airline and now a two-year credit. It is what it is. These are unprecedented times for people and businesses. I support the airlines at this point because my livelihood and many thousands more depend on it. Everyone loves to bitch at airlines for either price, service, perks, and it's never good enough, ever. 
How many times I hear people say I'll never fly so-and-so again just to buy the cheapest fare on said airline. My suggestion for all is accept the fare or pay more for the insurance and a refundable ticket, but let's stop complaining about both. You can't have your cake and eat it too. The aftermath of this is is going to change the industry significantly, and many airlines may not make it. Prices will probably go up. All I'll bet people will still complain all about that. Anyway, so it kind of goes on a little bit. But it's it's that's that's an interesting thing. Like there there's so many massive multi-million dollar businesses that are that are you know they're I've just started getting into the stock market myself under your advisement and and like you're seeing these stock prices just dropping like fucking flies it's crazy yeah I mean so get ready for a rough ride um if you're gonna invest in the stock market multiple data points guys multiple data points it's on a downward trend, and you, you lose money. Multiple data points. Don't put all your money at one time. Okay. Um, yeah, the reason why is because you it's in decline. So if I put all my money in at buy a particular stock A at ten dollars, um, tomorrow is going it could be seven dollars, it could be twelve dollars. So you, you buy again, and then the day after that could be $11 or it could be $9. Right, okay? right. Okay, so things are up and down, up and down, up and down. The point is that you buy multiple data points, you're less likely to make the one bad decision, okay? It's not Russian roulette, uh, where the one bang is, is you're, you're not blowing all your load at once. Um, you're trying a bunch of different times to uh, average out your risk. Right. Uh, that makes sense. And, and, and average is in decline. But if you look at since the Great Depression, which is probably something going to be happening right about now, mm. um, the greatest depression, um, yeah. you're going to see something like that uh, occur. But things have risen since the, the, the Great Depression. All stocks have gone up. Uh, so let's. And people, there's other arguments, you know, not all stockings were, were, most people were private back then. They weren't all, you know, stock is a particular investment vehicle. But the point is, is if you invest in the stock market, it's a good time to do it because you buy low and you know it's going to go up. But don't do minor capital stuff. Do big business that you know could probably weather the storm. Yeah, businesses that, that have been around for like 30 plus years. And have no signs of, you know, drastically changing their business model. I mean, people are going to have to change their business model a little bit in as a result of this. But, you know, they, they show all the signs of being successful uh, after the fact, too. Yeah. So or as you say, weathering the storm. They need sufficient cash reserves, liquidity. Yeah. They need to be able to access government bailouts. There's. There's lots of other different factors, which is probably on your level and even beyond mine that I don't want to waste my time going into. Yeah. Because it's it, stocks are fun. Um, the point is, is that you there, this never wastes a good crisis. <laughs> yeah. No crisis brings opportunity. So if we were a mass producer and we were just coming online, life would be fucking grand right now, wouldn't it? 
No kidding. Right? Yeah. People will be panic buying my mask like there's nobody's business. Okay. And yet the the emotional argument or the the you know the would be you're just taking advantage of people's pain. That would be the emotional argument against that. It's like no, I'm you know based on our discussion today, like no, I'm just providing a need. You know, there's a supply, there's a demand, and I'm providing the supply. What else do you want? Well, Starbucks has like a 400% markup. You don't blame Starbucks. Coffee is like a three. Coffee at Smitty's is a 300% markup. Yeah. Like okay. That. So with Starbucks, it was already like 10 bucks for our coffee. So what's the difference between $10 and let's say 20 bucks, $20, right? If, even if it's, if it's a $30 coffee, people are still going to buy it because it's, it's, they, it's more about brand name than it is about the the price of the co- coffee right mm-hmm. and, and that's what it is right so let's put things in perspective so if starbucks can sell a luxury good at 300 percent markup but i sell a mask that someone needs or wants and realize health ontario has not said you you absolutely should have a mask so it still right. becomes a luxury it still becomes a luxury good Kind of interesting, eh? Toilet yeah. paper is a luxury good. You know why? Because you could wipe your ass with a shower head. Um, yeah, you could wipe it with stones, apparently, according to this uh, this Navy SEAL uh, Andy Stump that I was talking about earlier as well. He's At one point in his career, he wiped his ass with stones. He says it's not pleasant, but <laughs> it's, you use what you got. <laughs> so but uh, the, the point being is that like it's a balance of everything guys um don't shit on the guy who's making money shit on the guy who's don't buy from the guy who's gouging you because that just encourages them and question the guy who if he if you think guy or girl remember we're all about equality here on the 320 club um if if you get if you got the feeling that somebody is fucking you over, like that's where critical thinking comes in. And then just say, okay, uh, no, I'll take my chances. Fuck you. Like it's not that desperate right now. You know, I can, I can figure something else out. Tomorrow will be another day and you'll be less infected and you'll have less toilet paper or whatever, but you'll be okay. I like this. Uh, I like this one quote I heard the other day. It says, uh, whoever said one person can't change the world never ate an undercooked bat. Ooh-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Okay. So there's, uh, there's uh, another parody out there. I'm going to click it. All right. I'm not sure if it's a good one. I'm going to send it to you now. Okay. I am playing, and I'm bringing it over. And I, it was really good on YouTube, and I'm, hopefully it's the same one I saw before. Oh, this is it. <laughs> My daughter was just totally into it. Oh, it's because, you know why? Because I'm on Bing. Oh. <laughs> was, wasn't a family guy joke? It said Bing. It's like the Dane Cook of web search tools. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're still using Bing. I know, but because I'm, I'm down the searches, man. I'm not going to read narrow. Okay. 
Oh, somebody's starting the video off with coughing. Of course. There's too many people in the streets these days. Don't any all watch the news. We're supposed to be isolating. So what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> We're on YouTube, we couldn't play this. You get pulled off. This is on YouTube. No, but we shared our podcast. Okay. On but I'll, I'll include it. Be avant garde, my friend. Yeah, anyway, so you start seeing it's. Uh, it homes. What? That's hilarious. No, but what you need to see is the unprecedented unification of a people towards a common cause. What? Say that the, last bit again, sorry. It's the unprecedented unification of people for a common cause. We haven't seen this in a generation. Yeah. Where the world is 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 funding a particular cause together. Well, not, I wouldn't say they're fighting it together. Tell that to our no. friends to the south. Yes, but they're all about they're all about me, me, me. They're like I saw a press conference uh, right in front of Trump. They're saying uh, we're going to take this as a lesson uh, that we that the U.S. needs to not have to rely on the globe on globalization on the global market. I was just like, like how fucking stupid are you people? Stop! That's World War One all over again. Wow! <laughs> like. Like, Come on! Do you not World care about the fucking human race, again. or do you only care about like it's it's a it's a rhetorical question? I know what the answer they're gonna present, but like Jesus, government needs to try people with humanity. Like if they actually implement policies and legislation down in the states that uh, prohibit like trade for humanitarian supplies and that stuff. That was one thing I wanted to bring up at the beginning of the podcast. Was me? I'm gonna pause this. Because it's freaking getting annoying now. Um, was that uh, like I, my thought was, if you're gonna deny humanitarian aid to people around the world uh, so that you can protect your own interests, you should be tried for humanitarian crimes. No, absolutely, like, you should. It's it's not the way it works, my friend. Uh, it has to. It has to work that no, way. No, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Remember, I'm the dog. I'm the dog zigzagging on the beach. <laughs> no, you're the dog dragging his ass on the carpet right now. Because <laughs> it doesn't have enough toilet paper. <laughs> That's a whole separate thing. Like, all right, all right. Humanitarian aid is is always a, there's a political motivation about why why humanitarian aid is go, often goes out. It's not perfect, but there's a lot of political reasons why it happens. Um, if you're going to deny human humanitarian aid, the 3M thing is, and other things is about them trying to protect their populations in certain ways. But he never, Trump hasn't shown a understanding of uh, globalization and what it has done. He doesn't can't, understand anything. I know. Um, 
And so like, they're, they're, that's coming from me. <laughs> I know. I want to show you a picture here. So, um, if I shift gears a little bit, you know the 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 tiger the tiger show. The ti- oh ti- oh yeah, we forgot to talk about Tiger King. Oh my god. Okay, so have you seen Tiger King? No, there's some things I just won't do. That is one of them. No. Okay. Well, if you don't watch it, it really. It's not really going to impact your life, whether you watch it or not. It may, okay, it may be like seven hours of Netflix that you'll never get back. It may be that. Or in this very unprecedented time, it may be the best seven hours. It may, it may help to distract from everything that's going on. Do you know what it's about? Roughly because my wife told me about it. Oh, so she's watching is from the same girl who takes her lasagna and puts it on top of the microwave tray cover. Hey, 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 don't slander your wife. That's not nice. Um, uh, no. So when it came to her vote about what I should watch, it wasn't up there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here, I absolutely recommend this show to anybody who's listening. Like just because if, for the sheer chaos and just just watching watching human beings deteriorate to their like basis like basic interactions like it's 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 so fucked up i have no idea how else to explain it it's the most fucked up thing i've ever seen in my life it's crazy basically um the way that i can explain it is that uh, the show the doc it's a documentary and it follows kind of it kind of follows the lives of three uh three different people you got to understand that uh one of the first things that they say in the show is that there are more tigers in captivity in the u.s than there are in all of the wilds of all the world that's that's just a fact um it's it's inc- it's insane. So these three individuals in particular, one is Joe Exotic. He's the he's the one uh, they're 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 referring to as the Tiger King. The other one is uh, Carol Baskin, or as everybody's as everybody on the internet is referring to that bitch Carol Baskin. Uh, and then the third is this uh, fellow named Doc Antley. And Doc Antley appears to be like the most popular or the most sophisticated of the three. He's the guy who does like the big movie. Like he gets an- exotic animals involved in like big movie productions like East Ventura and stuff like that. And he seems to be the most sophisticated, but he is not without his own like quirks and fucked up, uh, you know, nature and everything. So Joe Exotic. Gay man, uh, mullet sporting, gun toting, uh, cat owner who owns like like he owns a zoo and it's got like at, at its height had like 227 uh, wild cats or something like that. Um, Carol Baskin, she's the one who basically goes. Oh, you're texting me. Okay, Russia. Okay, that looks like fake news because I can tell. Uh, based off of the headline. I've seen you share this before. Breaking news. Russia unleashed more than 500 lions on its streets to ensure that people are staying indoors during this pandemic outbreak. Vladimir Putin released around 500 lions to make people stay indoors. Uh, I call bullshit. That uh, the whole headline looks fake. It's totally, that's all totally fake. It's got to be fake. Anyway, 
Carol Bass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My mind watered, okay? I'm sorry. Yeah. Carol Baskin, or that bitch Carol Baskin, is uh, she is kind of like a critic of all the people who own cats, although she also owns cats herself in like a wildlife kind of she calls it a wildlife sanctuary but honestly it looks like cats in cages like the other folks have got um and she runs like a it's kind of like a humanitarian kind of rescue or sorry a, a wildlife rescue for for big cats and she's a fucking crazy cat lady as well um allegedly she murdered her uh, ex-millionaire husband and fed him to one of her tigers or fed them to her tigers or whatever allegedly uh more on that if you watch it you gotta you gotta just watch it yourself the other is this doc anthony dude who's got like he's got like nine wives or whatever nobody knows how many fucking wives he's got and he's just he's just nuts he's just fucking crazy um he's like a complete control freak he loves to dominate people he loves to have complete control over people's lives that work for him and he, he like all these people have like this sociopathic kind of manipulative kind of psychosis that they they all manipulate people around them and it's, it's insane so and they're all kind of they're all kind of at war with with each other specifically the tiger king that being joe exotic and Carol Baskin. They're like just at war with each other. Now I'm only on, I want to say I'm only, I'm, I'm, I finished the fifth episode last night and I couldn't stop watching, but I had to, otherwise I would go crazy. Um, so I'll probably finish it. There's only like two more episodes, uh, left, but man, these people are insane. I like all this, just go do a Google meme search for, uh, for Tiger King. It, like you could waste hours just going through all of it. It's in, it's it's crazy. You done? I'm done. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> oh my god. Are you okay? You done? I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> I just, it's so crazy. Oh. You need um. We need cognac here to be able to uh, to be able to amplify all my points. <laughs> <laughs> and there goes my time. Anything yeah. else about the tiger, the tiger king you can get off your chest? So I never no, have to hear no, about it. I just I highly recommend this show. It's like number one on Netflix right now. So if you haven't watched it, it's probably advertising like crazy. Like ninety percent of people don't have jobs anymore. <laughs> that's right. Well, did you see that? Did you see that post? Uh, okay, hang on. See if I can find it. Shit, I might have it here. Here it is. Here it is. Okay, so I think I don't know if we've read this on before or not. If we haven't, I'm sorry. Or if we have read it on the podcast before, I'm sorry. But you're getting it now. And the post says: Imagine if ten years ago you were approached by a time traveler, and he was like, "Look." I don't have much time to explain. All I can tell you is that the year 2020 is going to be an absolute circus. You know Donald Trump, the the star of The Apprentice? Well, he's the president of the United States now. Um, Australia catches on fire, and a woman tries to save it by selling pictures of her boobs. Uh, Kobe Bryant dies in a helicopter crash. Half the crash. Half the world is devastated. The other half just makes memes. Just when the world starts to recover from the loss of Kobe, some dude in China eats a bat and starts a global pandemic and specifically kills mamas and papas. 
Everyone loses their minds. 40% of the population think it's thinks it's the end of the world. The other 40% thinks it's all fake. And another 20% blames it on all cell phone towers and Tom Hanks' kids. The one thing everyone seems to agree on is that the only way to survive this is by hoarding toilet paper. Grocery stores are ransacked, and Charmin Ultra Soft Essential replaces the dollar as the United States official currency. All sports are canceled. Eventually, as hysteria grows, world governments are forced to shut down the entire planet and lock everyone in their houses, and the only person that can keep the people from completely flipping out and starting a huge riot is a gun-toting, mullet-sporting, homosexual Oklahoma man with a meth addiction and 180 pet tigers. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that's brilliant. Stop sending me shit. (laughs) Right here. Right here. We should probably end it there. That's probably a good place to end it. Okay. No problem. I'm going to send you one more gift. All right. We're not, I'm not taking credit. Like we're not taking credit for that uh, text. It was just another meme that was shared on the internet. Uh, Don't know who it came from. Just shared it from a friend. Basically. You got to work on your memes, man. Like, what you send is, I'm I'm sorry to say, it's just not funny. You, you need work. <laughs> Go talk to Cognac. Cognac. Cognac is the master of memes here. Yes, like I said, I have a job, so I have to. I, I like I'm working a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't have time to perfect this. I have to do. I have to do drive through, sort of right. speak. I I, I can't I do cuisine cuisine lately. <laughs> oh, you haven't been able to do your cuisine lately? No, I've been fucking working in my basement. My wife's like, "You work here, but you, you live here, but you don't." So, how is cuisine working out? Are you just is your wife just melting lasagna without a splatter guard in the microwave, or what's going on? Well, well she's taking take, take my freaking. <laughs> <laughs> she's eating my stores. <laughs> <laughs> she's probably gone down to your 143 bottles of wine and just started. <laughs> Fuck this asshole. <laughs> He's hoarding. <laughs> uh, pretty much. She goes like, this is pretty good. We'll just keep going with this. I'm like, you got you to gotta mix it up. You can't just have the same stuff. You can just can't have your favorite all the time. Yeah, exactly. So, Anyways, we should probably end it there. Before you, right. before you send me another goddamn meme. What are you talking about? There's nothing wrong with memes. Don't be There's hating. Nothing. No, there's there's nothing wrong with memes. There's everything wrong with you sending memes. You're clearly an old. <laughs> You're clearly. <laughs> yeah, I got that one. Good one. Uh, learning. <laughs> okay. Hey that might, you got anything anything you want to summarize and 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 educate and inspire the folks after all that? <laughs> Don't waste a good crisis like this one. Take the time to grow with your family. Reconnect. Um, be, start being the person you want to be. If you, if we all say we're, if I had time, I would do X, Y, Z. Um, we should probably post a link to Groundhog Day. Um, with uh, what? What? Excuse me. Groundhog Day, older movie. Um, Bill Murray. Yeah, I know you're film with Bill Murray, and understand is even a really shitty situation you can make the most of it and become a better person 
if you come through this and you're the same person you were before, shame on you. Yeah. If we come out this the same Canadians as we were last time, shame on us. You, you, there's very few of these that, that are world-changing events. If you don't take the time to think of what you could do to improve your life or those or those around you, shame on you. There's lots of things you can do to grow as a person with the confines of your life. And it probably starts with the, po- the poem, Stay the Fuck at Home. You have the internet. There's Udemy classes. You can take online classes and schedule those into your day for $13.99. And if that's the barrier for you, there's Linda. If you got a library card, you can do Linda. Uh, lots of other organizations are doing courses for free. Learn a new language. Um, teach yourself to knit. Maybe your own braided hair because we all need haircuts. Um, but the point being is is that there's opportunity here. You need to start capitalizing on it for yourself. Yes, if you're unemployed, chances are delivery driver for Amazon is a good bet. There are things you can do to contribute altruistically and capital uh, in a capitalistic sense. And seniors are always looking for people to deliver stuff off to their house because they are die one in 20 of them will probably die. 16% yeah. 16% is the Canadian average of people over 80. So yeah. count 10 80 people you know, two of them will probably die. Yeah. So be when it comes to them, be generous, be kind, and talk to them because it might be your last time. And without further ado, I'm Whiskey. And I'm Rox. And see you, uh, see you next week. Stay at home, stay at home. I'm not going to tell you this anymore. Stay at home, stay at home. Cognac, then there's a slight chance you don't know the song that this parody comes from. It's uh, Let It Go by Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez, originally sung by Edina Menzel and performed during, you know what, the Disney musical Frozen. The other song we played in the middle of the episode was Stay the Fuck at Home, a rather brilliant poem, poem written by Chris Franklin with music originally created by Bob E. Kelly. Links for the tunes are in the description as always. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your weekly dose of Whiskey and Rocks, whether it's Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can help us out even more if you spread the word and share us on Facebook. Link is in the description. Thanks again for listening, and stay tuned for more 320 Club.